Hallelujah. 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 Do you mind if we continue? Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Abba a big hand. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things going on in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things going on in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But darkness does not set the atmosphere. But light does. The children set the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Darkness does not belong in here. So if you have the spirit of heaviness, let it go. If you have the spirit of depression, let it go. Hallelujah. If you have the spirit of anxiety, let it go. Hallelujah. 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 Take on his burden. Hallelujah. His burden is light. He comes. His yoke is easy. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for victory, Father. You've obtained, Father, by your resurrection, Father, from the dead, Father. We thank you, Father, that no one else, Father, can have done what you did for us, Father. You invaded hell, Father. You broke the power, Father, of his demonic horses, Father. You seized the artillery, Father. Every fiery door, my God. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Father. The King, hallelujah, is worthy of the praise. Hallelujah. You got to know that, though. Despite the disappointments, hallelujah. Despite the rejections, hallelujah. Despite where you think, hallelujah, you should be, hallelujah. The King is still worthy of the praise, hallelujah. The King is still worthy of the praises, hallelujah. Don't let nothing, hallelujah, hold you back, hallelujah, from your father, hallelujah. Don't let nothing hold you back, hallelujah, from you receiving the word, hallelujah. Don't let nothing hold you back, hallelujah, from you receiving your inheritance, hallelujah. Don't let nothing hold you back, hallelujah, from your growth, hallelujah, where your father said, hallelujah, belong to you, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Just take a minute, hallelujah. Take a minute, hallelujah. Just be quiet. Take a minute, hallelujah. And just bathe in his presence. For everything that you've done, Father. For every word you spoke, Father. 
we will not forget father hallelujah we will not be father like the children of Israel father hallelujah that grow cold in their heart father they forgot what you did hallelujah we will not forget father hallelujah when we were down on our last dime hallelujah and we were praying we were fasting father we were steadfast father in the word father waiting father for a blessing Lord God to break through father we will not forget father hallelujah bless your name father hallelujah you have to do that you can't allow the darkness to take over you gotta allow yourself hallelujah to be light, hallelujah, so that the spirit can rest on you, so his presence can remain on you, hallelujah. Oh, Bashanda. Apostle Hardy, hallelujah, preached the word about strange worship. Hallelujah, we don't do strange worship, hallelujah. We worship the Father in spirit and in truth, hallelujah. Bless your name, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that Satan is not a force that we are trying to defeat. That's right. Because he is already defeated. We use our Father-given authority to resist him as he flees from us. That no matter what demonic strategy may come against us, Father, this day, Father, and how many demons may assemble, Father, hallelujah, together for our destruction. We never have to, Father, go down in defeat. Not one time do we ever have to go down in defeat, Father. When we look in the mirror, Father, we see someone, Father, who already has the victory. You have to make your mind submit to the word of God. The Bible says to cast down every imagination that tries to exalt itself against the true knowledge of your Father. Satan is not your father anymore, so every lie that he speaks to you, you let him know you're not my father anymore. I owe you nothing. I owe my flesh nothing, and I owe you nothing. Hallelujah. I know who my father is. I know how his voice sounds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Glory. You can have a seat. I've been in this around this church atmosphere. Uh, make sure we're recording. Uh, I've been around this church atmosphere for over half of my life. Um, and now being an 
a new pastor that's called to bring something new, um, I understand that we have to grow up. Amen? And um, I'm not moved by lack of participation. I'm not moved by lack of people even showing up because I know that's part of ministry. All right? Everybody in here has their individual fight with Satan. All right? Everybody has their individual fight with Satan. The thing I won't do is that, like, that's my fight. I won't make your individual fight with Satan my fight, meaning that your battles I will never take personal. I don't think people come in here with the intention not to worship. I don't think they do. I don't think they come in here saying, you know what, I'm not going to praise. I'm just going to sit there and just fiddle my thumbs. They don't say that. It's a mindset, all right? But the thing about it is, it's also a part of growing up. And the other part of it is, is that you have to be taught how to do those things. See, I don't mind because I know you've been religiously taught how to do something. You're used to coming in here and telling God how great he is. And after doing that for so long, so long, so long, you see that that doesn't help you to tell him how great he is because eventually you got to open up your mind and understand who you are. He wants you to know you're great. See, we think the father is narcissistic. Like he's obsessed with us telling him how great. No, that's not how it works. But the thing about it is, is the foundation of most doctrine does not involve a father. And since most foundations don't involve a father, you don't respond like a child. And so that's why we'll keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on teaching and pushing this into your soul until you get it. You're going to walk in here one day and you're going to be victorious. Because truth be told, Satan bows before us. He bows, he got no, he has no choice. The Bible says when he brought the firstborn out, now watch this, the firstborn of many brethren. When he brought the firstborn out, the Bible said that, that the, the, the father told the angels worship him. When Jesus got into an argument, not even an argument, it wasn't an argument. Let's stop acting like, come on, it wasn't an argument. He told him, you would not, you will only worship the father and the father only. You're just talking to me. It's up to me to agree. That's why some of y'all, I'm going to walk, who you agreeing with? Who you agreeing with? No, it sounds, I mean, it sounds good coming out of my mouth. I want to know in your mind, in your head, who you agreeing with? Because when you find out who you agreeing with, you know who really has control. That's the only way you know. Who has control is who are you agreeing with? Y'all in the right church. You're in the right church. Because I'm not moved by people and definitely not moved by Satan. I understand his position. And he understands mine. He knows I'm seated in heavenly places far above him. He knows it. 
I was talking to him last night. You're going to bow down. That's all. You got no choice. What else you going to do? You can't touch me. All you can do is talk. You ever seen somebody, all they can do is talk, but they ain't got no real hands? That's Satan. I'm telling y'all that because y'all don't get it. He got no hands. He got conversation, watch this, with no arms. He talking to you with both with no arms. Can you imagine someone? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? I'll knock you out with what? You can't even touch Joe. You couldn't even touch a servant without the father's permission. What you gonna do to me? The Bible says he's as a roaring lion. Meaning, watch this, he doesn't even have a roar. He got a, he recorded somebody else's and played it for you. <laughs> but today, y'all ran into the right apostle. So today, we're, we're still teaching along of the healing bond for the orphan spirit. But today, we're going to talk about praise bomb. Imagine that. Hmm. We're going to talk about praise bomb. All right, last week, we talked about love bomb and receiving love from the Father, receiving that love, absorbing that love, applying that love so that you can give it away. These scriptures are medicine for your soul. Satan wants to keep you away from your medicine. He don't want you to get well. He would rather you do anything all day than hear the word. And isn't it strange how you can be down and just put the word on? (laughs) Isn't that strange how supernatural that is? How you can be, you can be, and just hear a word. But we gonna, we gonna, we gonna get out of that. We gonna get out of this thing where you need a word to get you through the week. That's pitiful. When the word is in you. So we're gonna talk about praise bomb on today, and praise bomb is just like. Love bomb in which you have to find all the scriptures in the Bible in which God and and find out what God said about you. You have to find out what the father said about you, because watch this. However you hear from his household is what you'll say to yourself. However you hear from Abba's household is what you will say to yourself. That's why we did the message and the teaching on strange worship. Because whatever voice you obey, you're worshiping it. You can get in the presence of the Father, you can lay out, but to see, that's why I tell you, the first thing you have to do is absorb that love before you do that. You can't come before him, lay before him, get in his presence thinking he don't like you, thinking he's offended with you. I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't care if you get, like I told you, you could be smoking crack with 16 prostitutes in one room, in a room, and the father's love has not changed. 
you're destroying your destiny. <laughs> but his love hasn't changed. His love does not change when you make a mistake, when you make an error, even if it's intentional against him. It doesn't change. I have to let you know that. So when you go into worship, you know you're worshiping the Father. That's why Jesus never said, worship me. He never told his disciples to worship him. Then he told them they were clean because of the word he spoke to them. Why are they clean? Because the stuff I'm giving you coming straight from Abba's household. It ain't coming from no pastor. It ain't coming from your local church. We didn't get this off of of YouTube. The stuff I'm telling you is coming right from my father's household to your ears and you received it, right? So he said, you're clean because of the word I spoke to you. That's how you clean yourself out with the word. The Bible tells me as a husband to wash my wife with the water of the word. That's the only way she's going to get clean. That's the only way I'm going to get clean. The only way you're going to get cleansed is going to be through hearing the word in the right manner. You have to hear it as if you're coming from Abba's household. You can't hear it as, as, as if you're working to get to Abba's household. You can't hear it as if you're part of a, a, a Moses crew. You don't need a legalistic word. You don't need me to tell you if you keep doing that, this going to happen. That's not what you need. You need to hear right now. Your father loves you. The more you know he loves you, you'll change because you start loving him. You'll get to the point that it'll hurt your heart to sin against him. It'll hurt your heart to sin against him because you, because all he has is love. He has no animosity. There's no beef here. <laughs> He's not mad at you. He's not upset at you. It don't matter what you do. They mocking his only begotten son on the cross. Father, forgive him. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. So we're going to talk about praise. But praise is a result of what you hear in his household. Say this with me. Say praise Praise. is a result of how I hear my father. I know traditionally we thought praise was telling Jesus how great he was. Well, hmm. you join heirs with him. So whatever he is, you are anyway. How does it help you to sit up here and sing a song about Jesus working it out. How does it help you to sing a song that Jesus is on the main line and you just tell him what you want? How is that praise? Our first scripture, Philemon 1 and 6 says, and I pray that the fellowship of your faith, that the fellowship of your faith may become effective or active Through the knowledge, somebody say knowing, I must know. Through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. 
So your faith, which means your confidence in the spirit realm, your confidence in who you are spiritually, your confidence in Abba's world, your confidence in your heavenly father, your confidence that you are in his household only comes through you acknowledging the stuff that's in you. Your faith only activates when you know what's in you. Meaning, if you feel like you're a loser, you have no faith. The faith is in a relationship. If there is a relationship, then there's a way you hear him. You might want to be a servant. If you do, then you'll only hear the law. If you are a child, you'll only hear grace. The law has been removed and it has been replaced with his name. In the orphanage, you have rules and regulations. Don't do this, don't do that. When you come into a household, it's not the rules and regulations. It's one name that we're all under and represent. In my name, in my household, it's the Hardy. Everybody in my household represents the Hardys. It's certain things the Hardys do and don't do. It's certain things that I will get at my kids about. Why? Because that don't represent my name. Amen. It ain't that I don't love them. But I'm raising them to represent. So your faith can only become active when you acknowledge it. When you acknowledge it, when you know, when you got the scriptural proof, you got the receipts for it. You did your diligence. You wrote them down and you rehearsed it to yourself until it became the way you thought. Because when you walk in here, you need to walk in here like who he said you are. Heaviness is you walking in here like Satan said you are. Oh, y'all walked into the right church today. (laughs) He wants you to acknowledge every good thing, not bad things. Stop acknowledging the bad stuff. Stop acknowledging the bad stuff. Stop acknowledging the bad stuff. It does not activate your faith. It diminishes your faith. It diminishes your quality. You are a God. And you're mad at yourself because you have human ways. The whole purpose of you showing up here is so you can lose the human and become a God. I told you, we don't repair humans. If you got human issues, this ain't the right church. Because we don't fix those. The word is the balm. It is balm. It is healing balm for your soul. You have to eat this word. It's medicinal. It has healing properties in it. The more you hear him tell you who you are, the more Satan runs. He's showing up at your front door because you don't know. 
he whispering to you because you don't know. Next time he talks to you, say, bow down before me. He know it. He know his position. He know his position. When the demon seen Jesus walking, he came and bowed before him and asked him, do not torment us before our time. So, they know they got a time too in which they will be tormented. In the meantime, the only one on earth that has permission to torment them is Abba's children. But it only be done by those who know who they are. It'll only be done by those whose faith is activated. And how do you activate your faith? By having a monologue until it becomes a dialogue. By speaking to your soul until your soul talk back to you. Amen. Amen. Now the next scripture we want to get into is first Peter. Now I'm going to do some definitions. I'm going to do a definition right quick. We, she's going to get into that, but praise by definition, because definitions are important, right? Amen. They're very important. I'm still flabbergasted. I never got a chance to use that word. There you go. I'm flabbergasted by how many people talk about the Holy Spirit and never looked at the definition. I am blown away. Preachers. Bishops. I am the people who have been in church for 25, 30 years and never looked up the definition of the Holy Spirit. Definitions are important. Praise. Praise means to confess. When I praise, I'm admitting something. I'm acknowledging something. Praise means to profess. It means I'm claiming that I have something. I'm claiming that something has been applied to me. Praise means to acknowledge openly and joyfully publicly. Praise, praise is us announcing to our soul what the Father has already announced to us. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's been announced to me. I announce it to myself. So I don't take on the mindset of, I hope he blessed me. You are more than conquerors. So he says that to me. I say it to myself so that there's no way in the world I'll ever think I'm defeated. You have to hear from Abba's household what he says to you. And when you announce it, that's praise. That's why all of the music that comes from this ministry 
Our praise would not be us telling Jesus how great he is. You know why? Because he already knows. Our praise songs would be us announcing to ourselves and announcing to the demonic. This is who we are. All of our worship songs would be us worshiping the Father, not Jesus. Why? Because scripturally it's wrong because Jesus said to worship the Father. So when you don't get results, it's because you got the instructions wrong. I have a hard time thinking that the king eternal, who's all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, has all wisdom and truth come from himself, has no beginning or end, wants me to sit around and tell him how great he is. I have a hard time thinking it, believing that. When, I, when I'm pitiful, when I'm hurt, come on. When I'm downtrodden, broke, he got, he got everything. I'm broke telling him how great he, no, you, you missing the point. You are. He said he's already blessed you. It's not going to happen when you die. It's not going to happen in a couple weeks. You are already blessed. He has already blessed you. Blessing means that he has already extended his favor. The favor is already on your life. It's not going to happen one day. It is already there. Praise is us announcing to the enemy who we are. Praise is us agreeing with heaven. Heaven is not saying about you what you're saying about you unless you are agreeing with the Father. And it's hard for you to get a blessing. It's hard for you to manifest something when you're not speaking according to who you really are. Because you know what? They can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Your cell coverage low. You ain't got that many bars. You need to get your confidence up so you can get your signal right. So when you walk into a room... Everything that's demonic knows who you are. And that's what makes Abba smile. Mm. They just like me. Because he wanted you to, your, he wanted you to conform to the image of his only begotten son. He wanted his son to be the firstborn of many brethren. So when you look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you see how things responded to him, that's how it should be responding to you. Don't wake me up about no storm. You talk to it. Depression is demonic praise. Depression is demonic praise. How long you been doing that? Oppression, demonic praise. Wrath, demonic praise. You want to know what demonic praise look like? Just take the fruit of the spirit and look at the opposite of it, what it is. Hate, not love. Hate is demonic praise. Anybody you hate, you're praising Satan. 
No joy. Mm. No peace, right? And he's sitting back looking at us. And the only issue is this. We just don't know who we are. Or, watch this, we've heard who we are, but we don't talk to ourselves enough. His, Satan's voice is louder than your voice to yourself. I'm in the right church? Good, 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 good. Evil is agreeing, being evil is agreeing that you're not holy. Holy means that evil cannot influence you or inhabit you. Praise is what you hear in your father's household and tell yourself. Satan is the father of lies. Mm. <laughs> Satan is the father of lies. Are you lying to yourself? Are you lying to yourself? Are you a liar? Are you lying to yourself? Have you not told yourself this week you're great? You've been lying to yourself, ain't you? You've been telling yourself, I'm going to get powerful. When you joint heirs with someone who has all power, Satan wants you to believe that. Christians want you to believe that. They want you to believe that they're more powerful than you. Amen. Amen. Before we get into um, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, um, I want to say this first. This is, uh, me personally, I am not surprised that during this series that attendance is down. I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised because this not only this series, but this type of ministry requires something out of you. And that's not very familiar to being in church. Because a lot of times when we come to church, we go, I'm like, oh, pastor preached a good message. You know what I'm saying? We, we're so used to making someone else making us feel good. And we never truly work on ourselves. And so we get into the habit of following after how we feeling instead of putting into our soul what we need in order that our emotions would be controlled by our soul. And so what ends up happening is that it's, just, it's actually the reason why I'm not surprised because really it's a counseling concept. In counseling, the only people that actually come to me is the ones that want to do some work. Not everybody go to counseling. But there's a lot of people that went through a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. But the ones that show up to counseling are the ones that want to do some work, some internal work. And this is what this series is all about, internal work. And in the beginning of this series, I said that because this is that type of message, it's going to bring up some past stuff that you suppressed in your childhood. 
It's going to bring it all the way back up to the surface in order that you may look at it face to face and work on it. And that's difficult for a lot of people to do, especially if you have suppressed things for so long to the point where you have convinced yourself that you are okay. So those that show up are those that want to do the work. So in saying that, it's it's also the concept, just like if we were single. When we were single, guess what? We did what we want to do. When we wanted to do it, we might have said things. that, If we wanted to say it, we said it. Guess what? We ain't had nobody to be accountable to but ourselves. We didn't have nobody telling us, you was wrong for saying that. You probably shouldn't. Unless, what, we were in God, the Holy Spirit was telling us, we probably shouldn't have said that. But it's the same concept once you get married, because guess what? You can't see yourself. Now there's a fight. Your spouse saying you too aggressive, and you're like, no, I'm not. I've been aggressive all my life. Well, guess what? Nobody told you, but I'm telling you right now, we in the same, what? We in the same vicinity, we we living in the same household, and I'm telling you, you're too aggressive, but you can't see yourself. So this word is making you and forcing you to see yourself. The only thing I, I say to you as far as a warning is, just like the word says, don't be like a man that looked in the mirror and forgot how he looked. So going into 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, before we get into the specifics of this, I want to kind of set up a scenario for you that in the beginning when there was Adam and Eve and they were in the garden and we had the father there, Adam and Eve knew that they were accepted. They knew that they were loved. The father met with them face to face face. They had no problem with their identity. They knew exactly who they were. So because of that, if we translate that over into our personal households, our parents were supposed to exhibit that type of environment. Can you imagine the environment that was in the garden? If you grew up in that environment, how would you be right now? That is the type of environment you were supposed to be raised in with loving parents that exhibited the characteristics of the father. But that didn't happen. And because of that, what? We lost our identity. Especially if you didn't have a father, you really lost your identity. For women, he's the one that validates you, who you are. He's the one who gives you your confidence that you can do anything that you want to do. Because you know you got your father supporting you. For men, the same thing, your father. He gives you your identity. He's your first person you're looking at to say, how, do I, how, how does a man behave himself? How does a man carry himself? How does a man treat his wife? But if you don't have that, then we have a problem. We have what? That's what we call an identity crisis. 
and it's, it's going rampant. And you can see it. You can see who people have worshipped. Got a whole bunch of Lil Wayne's walking around. I'm just being honest with you. A whole bunch of Nicki Minaj's walking around. A whole bunch of Doja Cats walking around. They, we walking around don't even know this is low level. You didn't set down your identity to pick up the identity of another. So, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. Mm-mm, let me read it from there. Now, in the beginning of this chapter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, this is crazy when I was looking at this. In the beginning of this, I want you guys to go back after service and read this chapter. In the beginning of this chapter, Paul begins to talk about how the actual household of the father is built. Mm. He goes into what? Christ being the cornerstone. You being what? The lively stones. How the foundation is laid on the house with Christ being the foundation. He goes into how the house is actually going to get built. Your household. Then where we're going to start right now today, two nine, um, first Peter two, nine through 10, we're going to be talking about what the father says to you in the household. So the household is built. What the father says to you once you enter into the household and really the latter part of that chapter actually talks about the fact that the world is not your household anymore. You don't owe nothing to it. Neither do you owe anything to your flesh. He's laying out a picture for you that he's building a, he built a brand new household for you. What he going to tell you in the household. Then he turns around and tells you, please don't go back to the world. It's not your home. You're not going to fit in. Please don't listen to your flesh. It's just going to lead you to destruction. Listen to me. I'm your father. So, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. So let's kind of break this down. Now, remember, you're coming into the household, leaving the orphanage. This, your father is proclaiming this. Actually, actually, he's, he's saying this over you, letting you know what and who you are and what you have received. So he's telling you, number one, you are royal. You are chosen race. Some, some translations say you are a chosen generation. You are a race, a whole, you are a chosen race. <laughs> a race of people that have not even been here before. But you don't think that. So your father has to tell you, look, I was doing the choosing. I'm saying that you're chosen. Then he goes on to end into, you're a royal priesthood. You got to understand, this, this was never before. Royal priesthood. Royalty meaning, you're kings. 
king of kings. He gives you the kingship that's over you. Then he gives you the priesthood that's over you. That had never been in the Old Testament. Kings were not priests and priests were not kings. But he's telling you, you're both. How are you both? Because when you receive Christ, guess what? It made you royalty and it made you a priest. That has never been before. Meaning that if you are king of kings, guess what? Then you're part of a kingdom. And if you're part of a kingdom, you got an assignment. And if you got an assignment, you got a destiny. And in all of that, you got the resources backing you from heaven. So he letting you know you are royal priesthood. Then the, the priesthood part. You have a priesthood over you. How you got a priesthood over you? Because now you're ministers of reconciliation. You're introducing the Father to other people so that they may enter into his presence. The same thing that a priest would have done in the Old Testament when he entered into the Holy of Holies. Presenting what? The sacrifice. But the sacrifice has already what? Been paid. It's already been laid. The lamb was already slain. So you don't even, you don't even have to do that no more. All you have to do is proclaim. Proclaim. Lead people to Christ. That's part of your priesthood. You are a holy nation. It's a holy nation of us. You are a holy nation. There's a whole nation of us. There's a whole body of Christ, holy, set apart, sanctified, justified. He's telling you the whole process that he had to go through in order to what? Make you clean and make you holy. It's no more I have to do, I have to work in order to be clean. He says you are the righteousness of God. The blood has already been applied to you. And then you are a people for his own possession. You are bought and paid for. You don't belong to Satan no more. You don't belong to the world no more. His possessions. Now, if you are his possessions, then what does that mean? Not only what you purchase, but now is what? For his use, for his purpose, part of his kingdom, part of his mission. And guess what? All of that equals his responsibility. His responsibility, not yours. You have a part to play in this to do what? Enter into that rest. But it is your father's responsibility. My children here, they don't wake up in the morning and say, you know what? We got to cook. I wonder how we're going to get to the store. Where are we going to get the money from to cook for mom and dad? What all we got to do in order to get a meal around here? They don't wake up like that. Why are you waking up like that? The only ones that wake up like that are those that, what, don't know? Don't know who they are, and they don't know who they, they don't have a father. Exactly. And so, the thing I like about the scriptures, he he, he comes right out and says, you are, you are, you are, you are. Now, when you agree with it, you'll say, Amen. I am, says your God. 
He sent Moses to talk to Pharaoh. Well, who should I say sent me? Tell him I am that I am sent him. That's all he need to know because I can be everything. I'm not just one thing. I'm not just God. (laughs) I'm a father. I'm a ruler. I'm a king eternal. But watch this. He says, you are chosen. You are royal. You are holy. You are a people. So that. So that. So that you may proclaim it. So that you may proclaim it. Not so that he can proclaim it. So that you can proclaim it. Now, proclaim means this. To publish it. Make it publicly known. I'm chosen. I'm royalty. I'm a priest. That means something. I can, I can, I can get you, I can take a sinner, a human, and put him, bring him to the presence of my father. It means something. So that you may proclaim, it means to divulge, to declare abroad, to make known by praising. So he's letting us know this so that we can proclaim the praise. You are the righteousness of God. You are light. You are salt. You have to say, I am light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. (laughs) If you don't come to me, you will remain in darkness. Walk into your family house. I am the light. If you don't listen to me, you will remain in darkness and walk out. Watch this. It's 100% truth. If they don't hear us or see us, they won't see light. That's why we have to make sure that we are light. You have to make sure you are what he said you are. So that when darkness show up, it can recognize it. But he's letting you know. I'm telling you who you are so that you can proclaim it. And so what you have to do is you have to get in the mirror and you have to talk to yourself. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. You feel yourself getting sick? I am a God. I am a God. Say it seven times. I am a God. I am a God. I am a God. Gods don't get sick. This flesh might get sick, but gods don't get sick. If it didn't work seven, say it 14. If it didn't work 14, say it 21. If it don't work 21, say it 28. You need to say it till you believe it. I am. I am rich. Jesus being rich became poor so that through his poverty, I might become rich. That means all I have to do is do what he told me, do what he gives me to do because he gave me, watch this, he gave me the ability that whatever I put my hands to, it brings wealth. I am. So he says this, watch this, so that you may proclaim the praise of the one who called you out. So I'm not just telling you who you are, I'm telling you, I called you out of what you were. I called you out of darkness. Darkness is spiritual ignorance. 
I called you out of being spiritually stupid. I called you out of being spiritually ignorant. I called you out of not knowing who you are. I called you out of that. In past times, you were a stranger. You were an alien. You did not know him. But now, you are. But it's not praise until you tell yourself that. It's not praise until you tell yourself that. So no, we won't be sitting here singing songs to Jesus. We will not because it doesn't help us. Jesus looking at that like, no, stop. Appreciate it. Half y'all can't sing. But you need to tell yourself who you are. He said he called us out of darkness into his light. Into his light. Marvelous light. Marvelous light. So the light he called me into is something to marvel over. It's something to be impressed about. You should look at your new life and you should be impressed with the position your father's put you in. You seated me in heavenly places. You blessed me with everything already. You said that that greatness was in me already. You got to hear Abba. You're not hearing him. You're hearing your family. You're hearing your friends. He called us out of darkness. Watch this. Into marvelous light. So he's saying, watch this. In between that. In between being called out and me telling who you are, I need to see some praise if this is going to work. I need to see some praise. Just what Dr. Hardy said. The word is like a mirror. The Bible says you look at the word and as soon as you you turn away from it, you forgot already who you were. I am a God. Then you get confrontation. I am rich. Then you get a bill. The praise stop. Y'all not having enough I am moments. You're not having enough I am moments. You too busy telling him who he is. Stop quoting every name of God. I know that's weird, ain't it? Why is you, you know every name of God, but you don't know who you are. He Adonai, he El Shaddai, he, who are you? He's Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. Who are you? I needed you here. I needed you. Amen. One thing I wanted to point out when he was talking about that he called you out. Get down for me, so. Get your own computer next time. (laughs) And it says here, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out. Mm. 
the one who called you out. Meaning he the one who sent the invitation. He sent the invitation for you to come in. And when he did that, the part of that darkness, once you accepted the invitation and you translate it over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, the scales fell off your eyes and removed the ignorance. Not only the ignorance of what's going on with you, but the ignorance that you were walking in. Thinking you was right. Thinking it was cute to snap your neck and do all of this. and <laughs> All of it. We got to put all of it in there. I'm serious. We got to put all of it in there. He talked to you about all, all of that. The scales fell from your eyes about all the ignorance. You thought it was okay to sleep with several different people. All the ignorance. All of it. The good, the bad, the ugly. All of it. And then what he did, he illuminated your mind. Gave you the Holy Spirit. Started speaking to you. Started telling you what's going on behind the scenes. You started having dreams and visions. That before you was called out of the darkness, you didn't know what was going on with your job. Then the Father drops on you knowledge, which Pastor Kirby always says. <laughs> I got to miss you. And then guess what? Then guess what? You had a dream. The dream was interpreted by the Holy Spirit. And you said, oh, that's why it was time to go. I was having a Jonah experience. It was time to go. <laughs> but I still was just trying to hold on. <laughs> just thinking it was the devil. The devil playing with me. <laughs> I'm going to fight this battle. And the, and the father's just like, the devil ain't got nothing to do with this. I just need you to put in your resignation. That's all I need you to do. <laughs> just trying to give you a better life. Devil sent back like I ain't do nothing. <laughs> now I want to say going uh, before she, me and Adrian was talking about you know our days of being promiscuous, and how it's crazy how <clears throat> back in the day we thought that was cool. We thought that was really cool, and now we having a conversation of how disgusting that seems. Now, now is disgusting. Okay, it wasn't at one time. It was a flavor of the day. Y'all laugh, y'all want to. But now, all of a sudden, that seems disgusting. It seems disgusting for me to put my lips on another woman. That's gross. That's Cry loud, Apostle. <laughs> She's at my revelation. Amen. But it just 
it shows you the change. It shows you the light to darkness. The darkness to light. It shows you. It shows you how you can be ignorant of something. The father come in, bring you to his household, and the very thing that you thought was cool now becomes stupid. (laughs) It becomes disgusting, grotesque. For me to even think, somebody else, another woman's saliva touching my, no. <laughs> That's, but I didn't always think like that. I didn't even think that. Now, we don't talk about all the other stuff. <laughs> okay. But you, but there's a, you, you're recognizing I'm in Abba's household. It's a reason why my mind don't want to do that no more. It's a reason why I want to be a husband. That's a biblical concept. It's a reason why I want to be a wife. I don't want to be somebody girl. I want to be somebody, she want to be somebody woman. She want to be somebody wife. You want to be a girlfriend? No. Okay. The favor for that has ended. (laughs) Well, glory. Amen. (laughs) All right, ain't that funny? (laughs) And so, verse 10 says, once you were not a people, you were enemies. You wasn't his people. The Jews were his. You were not. You were enemies against the Father. But through this whole process, he made you his. And the crazy part, we won't probably even get into all of this, but just want to throw that out there, is that he took his own people, his own children, that the ones that which he came for first, he took them, used them to bring you in. Who would do that? Not only that, but he did it on two levels. He used the Jews. What did he say? You were a wild olive branch that got grafted on the tree. You were not on the tree at all. You didn't even belong on the tree. So he used the Jews to get you on the tree, then turned around and used the son to get you in the family. He did it twice. So you were not his people. You started off not belonging to him. But now you are his people. And if you're going to claim you belong to him, then you got to walk like the king. If you claim that all things belong to you, then you got to walk that way. If you claim your father got you, then guess what? How is it that you're depressed in the bed for three days? You just told me your father got you. How could that be so? We got to get this. This more than anything, more than the devil, more than the demonic forces, this right here is something to reckon with. You got to get this under control because think about it. 
automatically, automatically, say for instance, your sister or your brother, relative, whoever calls you and they say, you know what, I'm going to be running a little bit late, right? And you say, okay. Now you got something going on at your house that they're supposed to be a part of and stuff. Two hours later, they don't show up. What begins to happen up here? automatically it goes to something negative. Maybe she was in a car accident. Um, maybe this, this, and that. Maybe she got sick. Maybe, you know, this, this, and that. Or maybe her boyfriend was holding up. Maybe, automatically, negative stuff. They come back to back, back to back, back to back, back to back. Your paycheck running late. Well, maybe they did this. Automatically, the mind always goes to the negative. It never tells you anything good. It don't tell you maybe she won the lottery and she want to give me a blessing. Why I don't say that? <laughs> If somebody running late because you got you know, an interview, why don't go to something good? Well, maybe they want to hire me, and then maybe they don't want to do an interview with nobody else. Why can't go to something positive? It always go to something negative. That's why the Bible said you have to make it submit because it automatically goes to bad. Last part, it says you had not received Mercy. Mercy is really kind of translates over to favor. You didn't have no favor. You had not received mercy, but you now you have received mercy. You do have favor now. You have grace over your life. You have favor. What is what did it say in I believe it's Psalms 23? Your goodness and your mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. Guess what? Mercy, favor, just following you all around. Following you all around. You don't even know it's following you. It's attached to you like some bodyguards. Favor, mercy, goodness, like bodyguards all around you. You walking into the interview as if you already defeated. You don't don't even believe you got the job. When he said you already got favor. You have to go in there like, this job belongs to me. I had a dream about it. The father told me it was mine. I had a word about it. It belongs to me. The favor is already on my life. It's following me everywhere that I go. Not only everywhere you go, but it said all the days of your life. So every day, every hour, every second, every minute you spend on this earth, favor, goodness, and mercy following you around like bodyguards. You don't even know you got them. I'm going to ask y'all a question. Um, I'm just going to make a statement. You will never see a king's child walk in a room by themselves. You won't even see a president's child walk in the room by himself. You think one of the president of the United States child can walk in this room by themselves and sit in that chair? No, you gonna, they're going to be surrounded around with secret service. You got to know who you are. There's nowhere that you walk that angels don't go before you. That they're not behind you. That they're not on every side of you. You know why? Because I know they're scared of the father. And I know he, he told them, don't, let you, don't you let nothing happen to my child. Amen. 
Don't you let nothing happen to my daughter. Don't you let nothing happen to my son. Now, the thing about it is, when you don't know who you are, you make them disperse. When you start doing wicked and evil things, they have no choice but to disperse. Because they can't back that. So he tells you who you are so you can stay in line so that your walk will be a walk of righteousness. So that no matter where you go, you know he's with you. Now, the next set of scriptures we're going to do, and it's actually the last set of scriptures, is from Joshua. I love Joshua. Um, because he took the mantle from Moses. He took Moses' assignment. And, or he was given Moses' assignment. And after he got Moses' assignment, he defeated 31 kings. 31 kings. But the thing about Joshua is he knew who he was. Now, if you contrast that with Moses, Moses didn't know who he was. Soon as the father got ready to send him somewhere, he was worried about his speech. He was worried about, how can I talk to these people? They're not going to listen to me. See, it's a difference from an orphan and a son. Moses was drawn from water. Moses didn't know his parents. He was raised by Pharaoh. But when you get to Joshua's story, the first thing it says was Joshua, son of Nun. So when he sent Joshua and asked, how's looking over there? Oh, we can take that. <laughs> we can take that. Oh, that's nothing. Amen. The people with him, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. How you know that? Did they tell you that? He hadn't even had a conversation with him. And he assumed, they assumed that they see us as grasshoppers. That's why I'm telling everybody in here, anything that brings your spirit extremely low, that's not the father talking to you. Anything that tick you off, make you angry, make you want to kill somebody, disconnect yourself from people, that's not the father telling you that. The father's never going to tell Chris, McKinley don't like you. Why? That's going to disturb his growth. Your father is not trying to disturb your growth by telling you everybody don't like you. That's the foolishness going on in your mind. That's your orphan spirit. And that's the simple fact that you don't know who you are. Because if you, if you knew who you are, it don't matter if they like you. Amen. It don't matter. Can I go further? Amen. They can't dislike you and like themselves. So when you find out somebody don't like you, if you say the father's telling you that, he's telling you that so you can pray for them. <laughs> he's telling you that so you can mentor them. So you can get them some of your secret sauce. Because you know who you are. Anytime you hear a voice in your head telling you they don't like me, 
You come tell, well, you, it seems like you don't like me. I sure don't. Since that's what you want. <laughs> seems like you don't like yourself. <laughs> but I love Joshua. I, I love the story of Joshua. Now, we're going to read a familiar passage of scripture about the wall coming down. Y'all know that about that, right? Y'all want to march around seven times? Y'all bet not. We can do it afterwards. All right. So Joshua, chapter 6, verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, look, I have handed Jericho, its kings, and its best soldiers over to you. Where y'all want to go with that? What does he hand it over to you? What does he be handed? What has he handed over to you? No, you don't have to answer it. Your destiny, your purpose, that property you want, that job you want, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What do you want? Stop trying to take what I can get. He's handed it over to you. All power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He's handed it over to you. But watch this. I have handed Jericho, his kings, and his best soldiers over to you. Verse 3. March around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time, do this for six days. Somebody say instructions. So he handed it over to you, but it came with some instructions. <laughs> so Jericho's yours, the king's yours, this, everything's yours. But I got some instructions for you. Practice righteousness. Bring your butt to church. Get your butt up and pray. Fast. Get in your word. Instructions. Because if you don't know who you are, you can't activate your faith. Word time. If you haven't been spending time in the word, you can't activate your faith. What do you believe in? If you don't activate, if you don't know who you are, if you don't have an I am conversation with yourself according to scriptures, you don't know who you are. You can't activate your faith. Let me say this real quick. Um, when it comes to instructions, the next level will always come with instructions. If you feel the Father pulling on you to go to the next level, it's coming with instructions, so be ready for it. It's coming with instructions. And the part about it is don't, what I want to say is don't allow people to talk you out of what the Father told you to do because it's not going to look right to them. It's not going to look right to them, but guess what? The word didn't come to them. It came to you. When the father told me, when I heard him, get off of this system, I just kept hearing that word, get off this system, get off this system, get off this system. Now, the, the, my coworkers, that word made absolutely nothing to them. When I put in my 45-day notice with no job lined up, 
they coming in my office like, what's going on? Are you having a crisis? Like, you about to be the director over the whole behavioral health department. Why are you putting your notice there? Isn't this what you've been working so hard for? How do you tell somebody, well, my father said, put in my notice? To, because to them, it looked like career suicide, what I was getting ready to do. Had nothing lined up. Had no interviews. I hadn't even put in no application for an interview somewhere else. That's all I heard, the instructions that he told me. Put in your notice. It's time to go. Get off of this system. That's the only word I had, and I went with it. I said, okay. I said, the thing about it is, if I heard you correctly, there's something on the other side of this. And I'm willing to do it. I'm the type of person willing to do it. I said, because I told myself, I don't have nothing to lose. If, if Satan can't even touch my life, what else do I have to lose? If you can't touch, that's the, that's the only thing pe really people are really to be fearful of if, if, really can, if somebody can touch your life or your spirit. If nobody can do that and you receive the word, then guess what? I'm going all in. I don't have nothing else to lose, especially if I heard correctly. And I needed to know that I heard correctly. And once I did it, he confirmed all everything that he said. It just started coming in like, like a flood. He, took, he was just showing me, yes, I told you correctly. The instructions that I gave you, it was, it was the instructions I gave you in order to do it. So if you are feeling the pull to come up to the next level, instructions are going to come with it. And we, y'all want to give her a clap? Go ahead. I don't want to stop that. And even if you miss it, it's okay. If you felt like you heard the instructions from your father and you miss it, it's okay. It's okay. Watch this. At the worst thing that can happen, you can get some you can take some bad instructions, kill yourself and be with the father. Worst thing can happen. It's the worst thing can happen. All right? That's the worst case scenario. You know how many times I missed it? I'm going to miss it a lot more. You think I care about missing it? No. I'm perfect now. I'm not perfect when I make the right decision. You missing what perfection is. You think perfection is when you make the right decision. Now you think that all the angels are cheerily. No, they say they rejoice at repentance. You changing your mind. Even if you get it wrong, you write because you tried to do it the Father's way. So he gave him instructions. He said, march around the city with all the men of war. You got to hear it. Don't march around it with the band. He said, with the men of war. Instructions. Circling the city one time. Don't do it half. Don't do it twice. One time. Then he said, do this for six days. Now, you're going to do it for four. After three days, you're going to get tired. After five days, somebody's going to come and make you mad, and you're going to quit. 
The fast is three days. Woo, Jesus. <laughs> Instructions. Fast, for, watch this, fast for three days. You know what's going on? Watch this, watch this. After the third day, I promise you, food going to still be there. But you got to know this because you're taking instructions from your flesh now. Because the father said fast. Ugh. I heard somebody say, what the, what the, I was, I was pop him. Do it for six days. Watch this. Verse four. Have seven priests carry seven ram horn trumpets in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priest blows the trumpet. Now we're talking about strategy. Now we're talking about strategy. So he's letting you know, I've given this to you. This is what I want you to do. These are instructions. Now with the instructions, you have an entire strategy. The strategy is where you release your I am. Every day, you should have a list of I am, and you should be standing in the mirror telling yourself. You should be walking around telling yourself, I am light, I am salt, I am chosen, I am royal, I am a priest, I am the righteousness of, of God, I am victorious, I am triumphant, I am a citizen of heaven. Strategy. Do it seven times for seven days for seven months. What you think gonna happen? You're gonna become a God. You're gonna become a God. But the issue is, you don't know who you are, so He can't even give you nothing. Because if He give it to you, He can't give you instructions. Jesus said it like this. A son remains in the household forever, but a slave doesn't. You better know who you are. You better stop trying to serve the Lord and learn how to be a child. I know I be saying stuff that like, oh my God. <laughs> you can't say that. Yes, I can. I remember when Rodney came up here and he put his hands up. Put your hands down. It ain't the time for that. You a king. You feel bad. What's all that? No, it's here. It's your heart. When you're prodigal, you don't need to come into worship, religious worship. When you're hurting, it ain't time to tell him who you are. It's time to come to your father and say, I know I did wrong. And you know what he's going to do? Go get him the rings. Go get him the robes. Go get him the sandals. Let's throw a party. You got to know how your father thinks. You sitting in an empty room, sad. And all the angels in heaven, like, we got your back, bro. Just get up. We got your back, so just get up. <laughs> strategy. Get a strategy. When we was in Louisiana, the father told me, he said, I'm going to use you to change the entire generation. I said, how? Not with what I know. Ain't no way. I know how to say we got truth, but I don't even know what truth is. 
couple weeks later, he tells me, we in Louisiana, get up and move to Atlanta. I never even been to Atlanta. Then I run into Otha, and he's talking about praying in tongues for eight hours. Strategy. You got to know why people in your presence. That's where I got my strategy from. I know why I'm in somebody, somebody's in my life. Otha got strategy. You better listen. <laughs> strategy. Pray in tongues fast. These kind come out by strategy. Why you won't do it? Because you don't know who you are. The more you know who you are, the more you're going to want to fast and pray. It ain't going to become a problem. If you don't have a consistent prayer life, you don't consistently fast, it's because you don't know who you are. There's no way you can know fasting kills this human and makes me a God and you not do it. There's no way you can know turning down your plate dethrones your flesh and gives Christ the throne and not do it. There's no way you can know that you're a king or queen. That you have territory and dominion. That he has a purpose and a destiny for you and you not pray? That's weird. But why? Because you don't know who you are. You haven't had enough I am moments. You haven't had enough I am moments with yourself. You haven't had enough I am monologues. Talk to yourself. Until when you standing in somebody's presence. We was in, when I was in the military, I was a, a private third class. My wife always tell me, you always walking around like you own everything. It's where I walk. All right? <laughs> I can't help it. I'm in the military. I'm walking. I'm walking through the, uh, through the yard, and a sergeant stopped me. Hardy! I went to parade rest. Yes, sergeant. Why are you walking around here like you own everything? It's the way I walk, sergeant. <laughs> it's the way I walk. I know who I am. Because I know who I am, I can't even hear you telling me who I'm not. It don't make sense to me to even listen or entertain something and telling me what I'm not. That's why I never tell people what they're not. I always tell people you need to educate yourself more. I'll never tell somebody you're not that. I'll tell you, you need to refine yourself. You need to get better at what you do. But now watch this. All of this strategy, all of these instructions is because he wants to give them something. And he's telling them to do this so that this wall can come down. How many of y'all got walls? Mm. We was at South Lake Mall. Any y'all been to, everybody been to South Lake Mall? So at one end they have a Macy's and at the other end they used to have a Sears. Now, when you're walking in the mall and you go down there, Sears isn't there no more. It's just a wall. It's just a wall. 
So my wife asked me, she said, is Sears, is there a Sears in the mall? I said, yeah. She said, where is it at? Hmm. It's behind that wall. Behind that wall is a, is a multi-million dollar business. A wall. You can walk past it all day long and you won't even see it. All you see is a wall. It's an entire department store there with an automotive center with an Avis car rental place behind a wall. What's behind your wall? What's behind your wall? And because you don't know who you are, it ain't coming down. What's behind it? Watch this. Verse 5. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear it sound, have all the troops give a mighty shout. Praise. This was their praise because they weren't God's children. Give us, I am. Shout at yourself. The more you tell yourself who you are, the more the walls, watch this. It says, then the wall will collapse. The troops will advance. Each man straight ahead. Now, I just told you, king's children don't walk in rooms first. So he's letting you know that he's letting them know that I've told you this belongs to you. I've given you the instructions. I've told you the strategy. Once you do it the way I say it, the wall is going to collapse. It's going to collapse. When it collapses, the troops going in first, angels. Then you and your people can go in behind it. This is how you clear paths. I'm showing you how to clear paths. What did he give you? What are the instructions? What is the strategy? Verse 20. So the troops shouted, trumpets sounded. When they heard the blast of the trumpets, the troops gave a great shout. And what happened? The wall collapsed. The wall did not collapse because they shouted. They could have stood and shouted. It didn't shout. It didn't collapse because of the trumpets. It collapsed because the person who gave the instructions. It said the troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. If certain walls don't come down, you will never seize what belongs to you. You'll never seize what belongs to you. But it's all going to start with an I am conversation. How are you hearing the Father? Because whatever you hear is what you're saying to yourself. Do you hear the Father? Do you hear the Father of truth or the Father of lies? What are you telling yourself? What are you hearing? What are you saying to yourself? 
If the wall is up, it's something you're not telling yourself. If you can't get your debt, it's something you're just not telling yourself. It's a truth that has not clicked. And it's hard to pray sometimes, right? Right? It's hard to pray. That's a wall. It's hard to focus. Amen? Sometimes it's hard to say certain. Sometimes it's hard to say you're a God because you're looking at your circumstances. Some things it's hard to do. Go back to school. I don't know who that's for. Some things mm, it's hard to hear. You know I've had the most difficult time accepting this apostle thing? Not trying to hear it at all. Hardest time hearing that. So you know what I have to do? I have to tell myself. I cringe when Tanya and Dr. Hardy say it. They say it all the time. Like, like they, hey, apostle. <laughs> That's McKinley. I'm saying that in my head. They're right. I'm wrong. Because I can't become it until I tell myself. I can't become it until I accept that I am an apostle. He's been trying to, he's been sending me signs. He's been trying to get me to know, watch this, your entire life is encoded in, in your name, your date, your birth date. Your entire life. My name is Randell McKinley Hardy. Randell means wolf shield. Anything he put under me, I'm protecting it. So y'all forgive me if sometimes I act crazy. McKinley means learned ruler. Hardy means able to withstand adverse conditions. He was telling me, you're an apostle. Lately, I've been seeing my birthday, 424. Everywhere I go, I see 424. Look at my watch, it's 424. I'm playing Madden. Fourth down, 24 yards to go. I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Four carries, 24 yards. Four receptions, 20. It's getting ridiculous. I go out somewhere, 424. I'm constantly seeing my birthday. And, and, and being an idiot I am, I'm not even looking it up. So I decide to look it up. Four means dominion. 24 means governmental perfection. He's speaking to me. Then I'm born in 1978. 1970 is a spirit is a, a year generation of spiritual perfection. Eight is new beginnings. He's talking to me. This is who you are based on the day you were born, the year you were born, and what you were named. And I'm trying to tell you who you are, and you arguing with me. I am an apostle. 
Because until I agree with it, he can't do the work. Amen. Then on top of that, several dreams, especially from um, Pastor Kirby, several dreams of, of who the father said that he was. Then, then on top of that, I don't know why, but there is a gift that's being stirred up in me lately. And it's the, a lot of times when, when the father speaks to me, in regards to me being a prophet, he's always, he always using me in the field of telling people who they are and, and what they, what he has called them to do. Then now, nowadays I'm beginning to hear what people are called to do, to do through their voice. I can hear who people are as they talk to me. So I heard his apostleship in his voice. I said, you are an apostle. I can hear it in your voice. There was a guy that called him. He was on the phone with him. I walked in the room. I didn't know this guy. He, he, you know, he was just talking to the guy. Um, I think he had it on a speakerphone. I just came through the room, the, the master bedroom, to go to the bathroom. And I heard the guy he was talking to, and I was trying to say something to him, but he was trying to, you know, he was on the phone. So he, he muted the phone. He paused it. He was like, what is it? I said, that, that person, whoever you're talking to, they're an apostle. And he just kind of looked at me. I said, they're an apostle. I said, I can hear it in their voice. So he gets, he unmutes it, gets back on the phone with the guy. And did you ask the guy? Or he, oh, the next sentence that he says. No, I didn't him. ask him. After I got what off happened? the phone with him, yes. I looked at his work. On the website. On his website. His and his work said that he was an apostle. But the thing about it mm. is, he showed up here yes. one day. And he was looking to use this area to start his church. Yes. Once he got here and seen who I was, he said we would not be doing any work in this area. He didn't tell me that, but I knew why. An apostle had ran into an apostle and he seen that this, this work was not yours. He sat in front of me and said, the intimacy of your of the prayer, how long has this ministry been going? We haven't even been a year yet. And then I told him what we taught, and he said, that's why. He said, that's why. He said, I feel that intimacy at my church. And he has three campuses. So what he's feeling at three campuses, he felt right here. And he decided, nope, not this area. Why? Because it belonged to somebody. It belonged to somebody. When we pulled up in Morrow, Georgia, and moved in Morrow, Georgia, we was always looking at Stockbridge. It was something about Stockbridge that sat with us. I had no idea what it was, but we tried to buy a house in College Park, the good area. I always say that to justify my ignorance. We ain't getting out the car. We going to look at the house we had built and prophetess ain't getting out the car. I'm good. She ain't saying that. I mean, I'm elated. I'm happy. 
This ain't it. We got ready to do the closing on that house. They didn't even call us back. And you would, what? no, I, you got to hear this because you would think somebody doing you wrong. Because I got to stop my people from their prejudice. No, they ain't prejudice. They don't belong to you. It don't matter if they green. If it's yours, they're going to be delighted. If they're not delighted, they're going to be sick that day you show up and somebody's going to be impressed. When it's yours, we got to stop that. They don't like me. They racist. No, 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 no. I don't care how racist they are. If it belongs to you, ain't, there's nothing they can do. They catch the heebie-jeebies. I don't even know what that is, but they get it. So now, it's all, we, we're about to close. Now, this is important because Jesus knew who he was. All right? Let me get the next slide. You didn't put that on the slide? Give me the next slide. There we go. All right. Now, This is the seven times in John that Jesus said, I am. It just happened to be seven times. Perfection. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the gate. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's why I tell you, read the gospel so you can start mimicking your brother. And it's, it's not by secret or chance that this is in the book of John. Because Matthew makes him a man, talks about him as a man. I think Mark talks about him as a, a, a servant. Uh, what is it? Luke talks about him as a, ooh. I think a, a priest. No, y'all, she messing me all up really now. But John talks about him as a God. The book of John is him given, is being given from the perspective of him being God. And those seven things that he said, I am, are all encompassed by the one statement that he made in John 10 and 30. I and my father are one. I and my father are one made him say the rest of this. When you realize that you and the father are one, you'll start to say I am. It's because right now, You don't see, you see yourself serving God. God don't see you serving him. He see you being a child. If you come into the family serving, you never lose the slave. You come into the family to become a child and you grow up and it becomes a father and son business. It becomes a father and daughter business. It becomes the father and the child and the children. I'm done. 
Luke talks about the kingdom. Amen. So the last part of this is kind of reiterating what um, praise is. So praise is revealing the divine truth of who you are in Christ. And what it what is in it as far as for Christ's sake, who you are. Praise is proof that you know who you are. You know what the Father said about you. You've taken it in. You've proclaimed it. You know this. Praise is also proof that you're seeing right. Your lenses are correct. You don't see yourself as an orphan. You see yourself as a son or daughter. You see yourself victorious. You see yourself with favor. Praise is also proof that you are not ignorant. The Bible says we're not ignorant of any of Satan's devices. That you're not a stranger. You're not a foreigner. The only way you're a stranger or foreigner is to this world. But you're not a stranger or foreigner to your father's household or to the kingdom. Praise is also proof that you know what your purpose is. You know what you're destined to do. You know that you are loved. You know you're accepted. You're not rejected. I, wanted, I want you guys to write these three scriptures down. Proverbs 18 and 21. Hebrews 4 and 12. And Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. <laughs> now... Remember that apostle said, if you're not proclaiming it, you don't know who you are. And I want to give you the other flip side of that coin, if you're not proclaiming it. If you're not proclaiming it, it's because you don't know how powerful the word is. Just going to read them off to you. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is alive and active. If you're not proclaiming it, you don't know that the words that you say out of your mouth is alive and active. This is not some novel or article that you're reading. The words in which you speak that your father has told you who you are, these words are alive and they're active in the spirit realm. So when you speak it forward, it becomes alive. It's, it's, it's active. It said it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes or the intents of the heart. It's judging who is not your father right now. told you the father of lies is judging that. When you speak the word and proclaim what the father says you are, guess what? It judges what the father of lies just told you. And then he tells you, he lying to you. This is who you really are. Isaiah 55 and 10 says, my word is like snow and the rain. They come down from the sky to water the earth. They make the crops grow and they provide seed for planting and food to eat. So... Also, will be the word that I speak. 
It will not fail to do what I plan for it to do. It will do everything I sent it to do. So when you're saying, I thank you, Father, that I am, I am, I am. When you're proclaiming that, it's, it's, the word is going out. If you said the Father has called you to teach, you have called you to be an entrepreneur, you start proclaiming this stuff, the angels got to act on the word. But if you're not opening up your mouth, the angels is unemployed. They're unemployed. They can't grab nothing. They work for you. So you're telling me in the natural, you're going to have a business be the CEO, hire a whole bunch of employees, and don't put them to work. That's how this look. You're not putting any of your employees to work. So guess what? When you show up, the angel's going to be like, we was there. But they weren't saying nothing. We couldn't even do our job. Give me that scripture, Romans 10 and 9 again. Then the last one was that death and life are in the power of your tongue. And we already witnessed to this. You can you can tear somebody down with some words, especially females. Because you know they're not stronger than men, so guess what? They use their mouth. They can tear boy, they can tear somebody down in two point five minutes. Say, okay, we got some okay, we got some warriors in here. (laughs) seconds huh life and death are in the power of your tongue whatever you speak if you saying it's just not going to work out I really don't think I got that job I think somebody else got it guess what somebody else got it then because you just spoke it the words you just said the bible talks about you got to give an account of every idle word that came out of your mouth What's coming out of your mouth in regards to who the Father says you are? <laughs> What's crazy, most times you hear that, you think of it in a negative way. Like, you said something wrong, and when you get to heaven, he going to rewind the tape back. And remember the time you cut somebody out? No, no. He's letting you know from your mouth, okay, your heart and your mind, he's giving you so much authority. What did you use it for? What did you use it for? Did you use it to open doors or close them? Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you confess that with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All right. He let him know. Paul's let him know. This is how you get into the family. But then, verse 10, he says, one believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. So what do you believe with your heart? Because it results in righteousness. Do you believe you the righteousness of God? Because if your heart, you don't believe it, you won't walk it out. Your life won't see it. Whatever your heart believes is what you get. Because our father is not like this. He's not a father where you think wrong and he give you the right thing. He needs your mind to align with who you are, your behavior to to align with who you are. Watch this. 
and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. So salvation is not coming to you. Now, salvation is different from saved. Saved means you've been rescued from the penalties of sin and death. Salvation means you have a right to be delivered. You have a right to be healed. You have a right to good relationships. You have a right to be wealthy. You have a right to be rich. You have a right to prosperity in every area of your life. But you will never get salvation if you don't open your mouth. If you don't open your mouth. I am. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the word, Father. We thank you for showing us, Father, that the Holy Spirit, Father, will begin to bring up, Father, who we are. Father, forgive us for the times, Lord God, where we said, Lord God, damnation to ourselves. We thank you, Father, that we will begin to proclaim, hallelujah, what you said that we are. We will begin, Father, to proclaim, Father, what you said that we have. We will begin to proclaim.